let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. This week's show with a, with a full-on proper beer review. Oh, I know. That's unusual, <laughs> isn't it? Um, it's Russ. Yeah, so this is uh, the Six Degrees North and Magic Rock collaboration. It's called Magic Six. It's uh, a, a Belgian parallel. Um, and we have been kindly sent this by uh, Matt at Six Degrees North to, to try on this week's show. So, um, what do you think? Well... It's a lovely colour with the uh, nice head on it, hasn't it, as well? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's, a, it's lovely and clear. Yeah, lovely and clear, so you love it already. <laughs> so, so I'm already very, very happy. And it's got head and it's and it's fizzy. Yeah, it's got like those very fine champagne yeast type bubbles, haven't it? Yeah. Like, like you associate with some of the you know the Belgian beers. Oh, it's got a lovely... Um, I, I mean, I, I called it a Belgian parallel. I, I only called it Belgian because Six Degrees North are, are known for brewing in a Belgian... Yeah, why Belgium inspired? Yeah, beers. that's where their inspiration comes yeah. from, and you get a little bit of that on the nose. I think you do get a little bit, um, but it's definitely some of the piney, fruity flavours, which I think may have been the magic rock. Yeah, I think I think what you're getting for me, I'm getting some bready tones in there. I'm getting a little bit of maybe a little bit of peach and apricot coming off of that, but it's it it's it's got a lovely nose on it, Ooh. really well balanced. That's delicious. Why did we only get one bottle? Oh, that is that is serious. I think I think we only got one bottle because I think it's fairly limited in quantities, actually. Um, I mean that is super drinkable as well. It's that's in, that's incredible. And what's the ABV on that? Six six and six, a half percent. Six and a half percent. So yeah. very dry finish as well, but it doesn't make you sort of suck your mouth in. It's that sort of dry finish, which the immediate thought was just to go back for more of the drink. It's very, it's so well balanced. Yeah, that's that's really nice. It's got a lovely. Um, there's a there's a, a lasting bitterness mm. on on the end of that that yep. that hangs around just around the edge of the mouth. Yeah. Um, a little bit dry as as well on on the finish. Very dry. A little bit dry going through it as well. Almost like a a little bit like a dry white wine, but not like I said, doesn't suck the moisture out of your mouth, does it? No, that's um, that's really good. Yeah, I'm I'm really grateful that they sent that that down oh. to us to to try. Um, and like I say, I think it's fairly limited in quantities because we did ask the guys at Six Degrees North to give us a list of places where you could get this. Um, if you're in Glasgow, Edinburgh, or Aberdeen, you're, you're pretty much sorted. It would appear that the well and his wife has a stock in it, uh, particularly the Six Degrees North beer, Six Degrees North bars. Not their beers, their bars. Um, a number of places in Edinburgh, including the Hanging Bat for, for those, um, and Cornelius. Um, Stonehaven, Newcastle, Beer Moth in Manchester, uh, the Magic Rock Tap in Huddersfield, as you'd expect. Place in Carlisle, and, and then randomly, uh, one single Brewdog Bar in Brighton. Okay, so they've shipped it to the other end of the country. Quite literally, <laughs> but uh, you can't really get much further south. Not really. In a straight you, you, line. Yeah, you can go southwest, but you yeah. can't go south. So is, it, is this the second advancement through collaboration? Because they did one with Adams as well, haven't they? I, Six I, degrees. I, well, this is called ATC 3.2. So and I know there's the, the Adams one, which you've tried, haven't I've you? I've tried the that. The Imperial, Imperial Stout. Belgian Stout, yeah. was that? And that was simply superb, that was. Had that just before Christmas. I've got a bottle tucked away, thanks to uh, one of our listeners, Sean Smith, who uh, <laughs> bought, traded it for something. Bought the stock. Bought the stock, yeah, as Sean does when he finds a beer that he likes. Um, and I know that we, we were just discussing before we came on air that pretty sure we had a Six Degrees Cloudwater collab at the end of the day on Crimbo Crawl. When yeah. we ended up in some random I think you're right. bar. I mean, it was the Red Lantern or something, the yeah. bar? So that that would be, I suppose, the three. Um, but then I'm guessing the point two. Maybe this is the second time they've done this version of a beer. Um, there's not not really too much other information that they've given us here. But when does it officially get released? 
today, as we are releasing yep. the show kind of a day early, so 23rd of February, it's, it's released, it's out there. Um, I would suggest searching it down. If you can um, get hold of it, it'd be well worth it. I'd love to, I'd love to have it straight, straight from the tap. Oh, can you imagine you could easily sink a pint of this, couldn't you? Easily sink Without a pint. Without even thinking of yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sort of dragging this out, to be honest. I, I'm, I'm doing my best too. That's, that's why I'm talking loads, so I don't just drain it. Uh, you can maybe check their website at 6dnorth.co.uk. Um, not sure whether they stock beers, their beers online. Um, but certainly if it's a beer that you see in your favourite stockist, in your favourite shop or on an online store, uh, absolutely buy it and give Definitely. it a go. Because this is a, this is a collaboration done well. This is a collaboration done well. I'd, I'd say recent collaborations, I think, maybe have stepped up their game as well. I think you discussed collaborations at one of your live shows, you and Mark. We, we did. Um, and they got a lot of mixed... The, the Mixed results, wasn't it, on people's discussion points? Question around whether at, at that point in time that there, there seemed to be a trend towards collaborating for the sake of it, yeah. like vanity collaborations or collaboration via email. But I think some of the collabs over the last uh, three to six months, I think, have um, I think they've stepped up the game. You're getting the best of the of the two or three parties getting involved in it. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think it's I think it's great to see. Yeah. Again, and we're going to explore that a little bit tonight as well because yeah. we're going to do a, a few collab beers tonight as we go through this evening's show. Um, but as I say, wanted to start off with the Magic Six um, because we were sent that uh, to feature on the show. Uh, again, you know, grateful for that. And yeah, thank you very much, guys. The, the fact that it was a, a free beer obviously has not affected our God, views no. on this because it's it's a great beer. It's a great beer. Simple. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so while we finish this off, uh, what else have you? Because uh, it's been a few weeks since we've had like a studio a show. Studio show where we've done a, yeah. a proper show <laughs> with all of the all of the segments. Exactly. Um, I'm glad you wrote them down for us because uh, it's, it's been so long. <laughs> what, what what have you been up to, mate? Well, I did a, did a bit of a scan of Untapped, and it appears that on the face of it, I've drunk quite a lot. Um, but we've 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 had a couple of uh, we, we had the second anniversary bottle share. We did indeed, the yeah. The first week of Feb, so you know, we're now into the start of our third year of the first Tuesday of the month bottle share. Um, and that, that was a really good night where we picked beers from the bar who kindly host us on a monthly basis. And uh, we had some really nice ones then. We also had a winter clay fest barbecue, uh, which is basically the Essex bottle share making up their own events to catch up again. Yes. And they had quite a few beers that day, if I remember correctly as well. And um, jumped to Winter Beer Festival last week. Yeah, which which I enjoyed. Yeah. I joined camera. Steve joined camera. Yes, you heard it here. Steve is a camera member. And then had an argument with him two minutes after I joined. He did also have an argument with him two minutes after. <laughs> but I am now, I can't say I'm a fully-fledged card-carrying member yet because I've not, I've not got my card. <laughs> But I uh, I did sign up, so so I'm now uh, a camera member, which kind of follows through on one of our probably the last time that we had the yeah. studio show where we were discussing camera. Yeah. Um. You know, I said, well, maybe it's time I join. So there, I followed through on that. You did. Commitment. No, it was it was good to see. And I can't wait to spend my spoons vouchers. Spoons vouchers and free entry to the next beer festival you go to. Brilliant. Probably. There we go. All, more, more cast beer. All sorted. Marvelous. Any uh, any highlights for you? Um, just the same ones, to be honest with you, mate. I mean, we, we kind of revolve in the same beer circles, yeah. really, don't we? So, yeah, the, the, the bottle share was a good evening. Um, like you say, there were some, some good beers drunk there. Uh, always interesting when we do the, the, the birthday one and, and, and actually buying the beers from the bar because we kind of do a lottery system where when your name comes out of the hat, you get to go and, uh, and buy the beer, which is great if you're towards the beginning of the list. Yep. I was right at the end of the list, and there were very few choices left when, when I, <laughs> I got to the bar. So I was up there for a while uh, deciding on mine. But uh, again, a, a great night. And, and yeah, the, uh, the, the Clayfest uh, was, a, was a great time. Um, some incredible uh, food offerings by, by Clayton uh, as well. There. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and thanks to, to Matt Chinnery as well for, for hosting us there. And, and yeah, the, the Winter Beer Festival last week where I had some real kind of, as I say some real standout beers, I, I drank a lot of beer from a single brewery yeah. at, at that festival, which was you, track. You went for another trilogy. I, I did, my own my own trilogy <laughs> of, of track beers and just wanted to keep going around in a circle drinking the same three beers 
over and over again, but that seemed rather pointless at the Rio Festival. I thought, I mean, the trek is I did, I did also do all three, but I mean, the, um, the, 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 the dark, the dark offering from them, which one was that one called? Uh, Santa Murta. Yeah, that was a collaboration with Odyssey. It was. It was a cracking beer. Vanilla, chocolate, chili, imperial style, yeah. I think it was. But the chili and vanilla were nice and subtle. Yeah, you, to the point where I couldn't even um, pick them up. It was all chocolate. But the chocolate wasn't subtle, but it wasn't sweet or cloying either. That was a fantastic, again, that was another fantastic collaboration. Yeah. And it was well delivered as well. Done really well. Done well delivered really that was. Well, yeah. um, I mean, that was, that, that was probably that and the... Um, the number one fifty from Roundtower, one of the local breweries, they did a, a, a imperial double stout as well, and that was that was bang on form as well. Cask aged, that one was. Yeah, I, I sadly got nowhere near a half of the beers that I wanted to to try on on that evening because I ended up in the bottom of a imperial stout, <laughs> <laughs> empty pint glass um, that that rapidly went downhill. Um, but no, it was, it was it was a great night. So what what about um, Beer, beer wise, why we've we've kind of not been doing these formatted shows. Well, have you had any real standouts? Well, I revisited a few recently, but I hadn't had for a while. But I've I've had them in cans. Magic Rock Inhaler and Northern Monk Heaven were both on keg in one of my preferred locals, the Victoria, um, and they were both banging and both got upgraded on Untapped on the day as well. Ooh, Untapped upgrade. Untapped upgrade because. Um, like I said, I hadn't had either, according to my untapped, I haven't had either of them out, out of anything other than the can. Um, so they were both on banging form. And um, did a bit of a revisit for High Wild Grapefruit in the can as well recently. Oh, okay. And that was really nice. I thought the yeah. grapefruit was really well balanced off. Because sometimes it can be almost that breakfast juice kind of yeah, taste and flavour. Yeah, I was never flavor. a great fan. No, of... I was more of a fan than you were. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was, it was so drinkable so drinkable me and Michelle shared a can and then we opened the second can anyway yeah so we might as well just had a, <laughs> a, can, each. a can each yeah. she did ask if we could put in on tap twice and I said well not as we've done it at the same time <laughs> no sips <laughs> <laughs> um, and I revisited an old brand well I say revisited a brand which everyone is probably familiar with or a lot of people Watney's oh okay this now, is because they've bought out a new beer yeah they? so I think one of these ones where the brand has been revived um, and I was in a pub just catching up with some friends over in Farringdon area and had the Watney's Pale Ale on and um, I didn't know what to expect I don't know if, I don't think I've ever drunk a Watney's beer because I think Watney's had fairly much died a death by the time I started drinking regularly And but the Pale Ale was very pleasant light fruity cast session ale oh okay um, and that's all I snuck on the whole night 4.2% so if it's all you want sometimes yeah, when it, you find a beer that you like yeah and it was, there wasn't many other choices and I was catching up with people I hadn't seen for a while um, but yeah so the, the Watney's was a it was nice. If you get a chance, you might as well try it and you know, take in camera at the same time. Yeah, see what I, I say. I, I, I do. I do want to want to give it a try. I must yeah. admit, if I so if I happen across it. What about yourself, mate? Uh, apart from the Santa Santa Muerta uh, that we had at the uh, the beer festival, there are probably only two real standouts for me that this month. Uh, not what well, say this month. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, that the first being. Uh, a beer that I feel like I've waited my entire life for, that that finally ended up in a bottle and uh, appeared on sale, which is um, Adnam's Both Barrels, which oh, is yes. the oak-aged version of Broadside. And if if you read the description of it, it's actually been some of the beer in that final product has been aging for six years. Yeah. In in old whiskey barrels, and they've added cherries to it, and the the, the finished project. Pro, um, product is just absolutely it's stunning it is it is it's all i can say about it it's the 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 cherries of the nose the drinkability yeah. of the beer um you wouldn't guess it was 10 percent. no absolutely not which i found out to my detriment because the first night i, I did a couple of bottles of it and boy in, was, quite, in quite short order was i a bit <laughs> of a state the following morning but i also did um have you sellered some because I've, 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 I've tucked a couple away. I reckon there's more to come from here. For, for savesies. Um, first one I drank, I drank standard broadside first because I wanted to do a real comparison. Yeah. And doing it that way, you could get some of the broadside so in you, the both barrels. Real comparison, you should have done a pint of cask, then a bottle, 
and then the two and then the two barrels broadside vertical challenge yes there you <laughs> yeah, go absolutely you wouldn't be very vertical for very long no <laughs> um, but it just it's just stunning and that's uh, I don't know when but that's coming on the show uh, at some point yeah. and, and we're, we're going to we're going to review we'll it we'll do a proper yeah, review yeah, of that one about it live uh, and the other one that, that was a standout for me um which uh, might have a few people rolling their eyes uh, based on my previous statements around <laughs> this style of beer was the Cloudwater Birthday Double IPA, um, which was the murkiest of murk bombs. Um, however, for me, what it didn't have was that full-on in-your-face juice that a lot of the murk bombs are at the moment. Yeah, I, this... mean, it was, I mean, it was juicy, yeah, but I know what you're saying. It was. It wasn't. Again, it wasn't that breakfast juice. It was hoppy fruit it juice. That piney, resinous feel to it. it. It's a beer that I would actually say, had I been given that one blindfold, I would not have known it was a murk bomb. I'd agree with that because it still had a, a bit of a, a, a nice bitterness running through yeah. with a dry finish as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'd got, agree. I thought it was an excellent beer. And I've got to say, I've had a couple of the other Cloudwater cans, and Cloudwater have actually nailed their cans first time round. They're, they're well carbonated, the beers are kept well in, in them, so there's there's no little bits floating around in there. They've, they've taken to cans like they've taken to producing beer, producing bottles, being one of the best breweries in the UK, winning awards. They're, they've done it with their normal sort of attention to detail, and it's just great to see. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 would, I almost said like they hit the ground running, but... We see them hitting the ground running. I'm sure there's a lot of hard work and experiments and testing done before we get the product. I I, I don't I, I never feel like Cloudwater are using me as a test. No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, apart from maybe the ongoing monthly Dip double IPA yeah. series, where it, it's you know yes, it's great to continue experimenting, but I you know long ago dropped out of having to chase those yeah. every month. But I must admit the FOMO did creep back in when the uh, the birthday double IPA was announced. Well, so. yeah, especially as they canned it on my birthday. Yes, yeah, Mine and Michelle's course. birthday, so we share our birthday. So seeing that it had been canned on the day. So you're keeping that can with the date stamp on it? No. Okay. But I've still got another can full of beer with the yeah, date stamp on there, it. There you go. <laughs> and I think we were uh, we were benef- benefited there from having, a, uh, again, Clayton, who already had an order in with... Uh, Ebria for version 12 yeah. of the double IPA and he got an email saying would you like to add birthday dipper to your order the answer was yes please <laughs> the answer was yes and we managed to get in on that so thanks Clayton for letting us in on that yeah um, but so yeah just just really a, a couple of standouts for me uh, in, in what otherwise has been quite a, a beery couple of weeks um, let's crack open this next beer I reckon, okay. and, and then we can get into to the news as well as we're doing it because it does kind of link to this week's uh, first news story so the next beer that we're cracking tonight is um, Sour and Death which is a collaboration again uh, between Vocation Brewery um, who are obviously known for their Something and Something series uh, the most popular one of that being the Life and Death yep. um, and Chalton who are most well known for doing sour beers this is a coming together of those two breweries to produce a sour IPA and it's um, it's just one of a number of, of new beers the Vocation have recently released so they've released this they've released Cloak and Dagger and Oak and Dagger as well so Cloak and Dagger being a stout Oak and Dagger being a barrel aged version of the stout and then they've re- re- released three Pilsners as well which they've that they've branded Craft Lager which I'm not too mm. sure yeah um, but apparently they're all brewed in-house with genuine Pilsner malt, Bavarian yeast, and they're lagered for four weeks. So there's a there's a pure Pilsner, there's a Yakima Pilsner, and there's a dirty Pilsner as, as well. So quite a few uh, new vocation beers now available. Wouldn't mind trying the Yakima one. I, I wouldn't, I'm quite a big fan of the I Yakima. I wouldn't mind giving them all a go just to... I'm not sure about dirty Pilsner. Why? What makes it dirty? I don't know. Maybe you could have it with your dirty chicken. Maybe, maybe it's maybe. an end of night beer. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's it. So uh, we've got sour and death. Yeah, it's got a sour-ish nose to it. It it has. It's it's like somebody's left a, a fruit pastel in the bottom of a glass. That's a good shout. That's that's the sort of feel mm. that I'm getting off of it. 
Cool, you get the, you get a bit of tartness and dryness, don't you, at the start? At the end, for me. Oh, Steve, Steve's pulling his face. It's, I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm pulling a Haribo Tang plastics face. It's yeah, what? It's certainly got a sour end to it. Um, I'm not getting any of the IPA qualities coming through just yet. I think some of the fruit more than. Uh, more than some of the other qualities of the IPA. I'm getting some of the fruit that you might associate with a, a modern IPA. Well, let's let's come back to that. Um, so I want to crack on through this news. So we've been we've been talking about um, collaborations uh, this week. Obviously, we're, we're doing three collaboration beers tonight. And uh, there's news of collaborations this week as well. So Camden Town uh, have revealed they've got plans to do some collaborations with at least two, S, two US brewers that are in uh, AB InBev's portfolio this year. Uh, they have mentioned the likes of Goose Island uh, and Golden Road as being potentially on the list to do collabs with. Um, but the collabs will be the first beers that are brewed at the new, some of the first beers that are brewed at the new Enfield Brewery, which is set to open in April. So how do you feel about that? Camden doing collabs with other stable mates? It seems an ob- it's probably an obvious route to go, yeah. I would have thought. Um, Better to get out through all the various places where ABI can. It makes, I think, from a business point of view, it makes good sense. And there are some, you know, some of the Camden beers I don't mind. The Indian Hells Lager, the Camden Pale Ale isn't too bad. The unfiltered, the unfiltered Hells is a nice one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's got potential. I think it, they'll they'll be able to market it really well. Yeah, I, I suppose that's the thing that's going to work in their favour. It's going to be marketing. It's, it's really marketing well. and it's being able to get the beer to a... They can distribute. Yeah, you'll, you'll get those beers all over the country, Yeah, I, I imagine. So on, I, online as well. So I, I think it makes sense for they're doing so, Something to keep your eye out for. Yeah. Anyway, uh, next next collab is uh, Innocent Gun, uh, a teaming up with Teeling Whiskey to create a limited edition stout called Kith and Kin. Um, now, for those eagle-eyed listeners that have been with us since the days of the Beer O'Clock Show, uh, or for those that are just uh, always online and notice things that are going on, uh, Teeling Whiskey are the Irish brand that are used for the Galway Bay 200th Avams collab that comes out once a year, which is the big stout. Ah, uh, yes, it is. Um, so, um, this is an interesting step into the UK market, market for... Teeling Whiskey, um, producing a 5.8% beer uh, that supposedly tastes of dark chocolate, coffee and treacle, as well as some vanilla and spice. That's available now. Um, it's available on the Innocent Gun website if you want to give that a try, if that's your sort of thing. Um, other beer news this week. We had an announcement that we've got the UK's first alcohol-free craft brewery. Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Um, so this is Nirvana Bruco, uh, going to be based in East London, probably in a railway arch. Um, first UK-based brewery to focus entirely on low and lower now alcohol beer. Uh, brewed its first beer uh, last week. Um, and that is, I think that's going to be an IPA. That It's a, a, a no alcohol or low alcohol IPA. Well, if anyone tries their beers, let us know. Yeah, I don't. I don't envisage us doing a alcohol-free episode part two. I can still remember the last revisited, one. Revisited, yeah. Um, but yeah, so just search out uh, Nirvana Brewery Co. and, and see what they're all about. Uh, still talking about beers. Uh, Fuller's have released their seasonal calendar, uh, which is most interesting for the inclusion of a series of keg beers. As, as part of this calendar, um, got their, their their usual seasonal cask offerings and. Is Chiswick on there? Mm, no. Oh, fuck's sake. No. Um, so you've got uh, all these beers that, that are available. I'm sure you can search this out online. It's probably on the Fuller's website. Uh, but the four keg beers they're going to be producing: so spring, summer, autumn, winter. They're going to be doing a black IPA for the spring. They're going to be doing an unfiltered lager um, for the summer. A table beer at 2.7% for the autumn. And then an espresso stout for the winter at 5%. Okay, so they have gone seasonal on their colours. Yeah, interesting step into the... Interesting idea. Craft uh, keg. I hate that phrase. But it is It is a horrible phrase. I'm hoping the unfiltered lager is better than... Though the Frontier isn't to my liking. I think it's just a bit too clean, the Frontier. Um, Maybe it's a dirty lager. 
a dirty lager they're doing. I think I, if, if I see them, I'll probably give them a go. Because even if the beers aren't to my, my liking, I mean, I'm not a big fan of Oliver's Island by Fuller's, but it's still a well-made beer. Yeah, so, same here, I think. I don't like some of their seasonals. I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm not the greatest fan of regional brewery seasonal beers. Well, the problem is, I'd say, this time of year, especially you know, a couple of the big regionals, they're bringing out their rugby oh, themed ev- beers. Yeah. And they're dull. They've just got a rugby player and a ball on the front. A, you know, and, and a name that it, links to rugby. Yeah, and they're, yeah. They're not, none of them are usually great. They're not yeah. usually better than what they've already got. I think if you do seasonals, make them better or as good as. Good shout. Uh, and then finally uh, in the news is Guinness. Uh, Never uh, heard of them. No, I mean, we're, <laughs> we're going big on, on some of the breweries we're featuring <laughs> this week. Camden, Fuller's, Guinness. Uh, apparently they're ready to, exchange, to extend the range that they do of new beers from the Open Gate Brewery. Um, so this is where they kind of release their their more crafty stuff. You've been there. Yeah, I went there you in went November. The Open Gate, yeah. didn't you? Uh, and I think you, you quite enjoy it, didn't you? you quite enjoy it's a, the it's a range lo- of it's beers. It's a lovely space. The range of beers was good. Um, some of the some of the darker offerings and there was a couple of collaborations um, to keep with the theme were very good. Again, I think the the only thing is sometimes with the bigger breweries, although they're releasing experimental, you never feel like they quite push the boat out mm. that far. And I'm not I'm not I'm. You know, not convinced what Guinness are trying to achieve with some of their stuff. Well, let's just on that. The, the statement in this release is it's just it, it's almost like somebody couldn't be bothered to actually write this release. Um, added that there would be owls, lagers, bitters, and stouts coming through the brewery over the next period. Well, that's informative. That's that's really innovative as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah, that covers ticks all of the boxes. They 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 already do a Guinness, which is a stout. They yeah. already do the Hop House Lager. Yeah, so they're just going to do some owls and bitters. Yeah. Okay. Well, watch your space on that one. Um, and well, that's that's the news, mate. There was quite a bit of that. Yeah, there was quite a bit of that. So, um, how are you finding the sour and death? I'm actually really enjoying it. I I, I, I if I didn't know what it was, I would be hard pressed to pick the IPA characteristics out. Because we already know it's a collaboration between two breweries and what their specialities are, you know, pale ales, IPAs for vacation, sour modern sour beers for Chawton. The sourness is the, the the Chawton side of the bargain seems to be winning. I, I, isn't that always going to be the case with a sour beer? I think it'd be quite hard not to. And I think it's going to be a lot of hard. It's going to be quite hard for people not to compare this because the only other sour IPA. That I've got as a benchmark was um, Buxton's Troll Tunga. Oh yeah, of course. Which got that in the fridge. Which was an incredible. Yes. Sour IPA. Um, you still got the IPA qualities from that. Yeah. Uh, as well as the sourness and also the gooseberry. Yeah. That, that was used. I think that, that was it. It was, it was definitely the gooseberry, wasn't it? Yeah. You definitely got the gooseberry on it. Um, but no, I think this is actually quite a drinkable sour beer. I think you get the sourness without it being the lip puckering. It's not that. Hasn't got any of that dirty farmhouse saisony quality that creeps into the yep. sour range sometimes. It's quite a clean sour beer. Bit of tartness, quite dry at the end. For me, the vocation bit seems to come through on the fruitiness a little bit. I'm getting a little bit more of a... Um, I'm getting a dry sharpness yep. initially, maybe from the IPA-ish qualities in there. That then very quickly gives way to the the, the tart sour finish. Yeah, I think I think I, quite. I do enjoy it. I'm glad we've you know you've, you've got to can each of it. Yeah, it was it was a beer that I was really keen to feature actually because I was I was really quite excited about the prospect of these two um, breweries that uh, are both for all intents and purposes specialising in modern styles of of, of old beer yeah. in cans. Uh, one of which have had problems in the last year be it because of a contract that they took on. Yeah. And by all accounts are now beginning to turn that around again and vocations cans, can't say because I've not tried them myself, but from reports I've been picking up on Twitter, their cans are beginning to taste really good again and yeah. more like they were than before they went into Tesco's. And then you've got the flip side of that, of, of, of Chawton, who were approached by Tesco's and flatly turned them down. Yeah. Um, so I quite like I quite like everything that's gone into bringing these two 
breweries together. Yeah, but again, it's another, I think it's another collaboration that's working though. Absolutely. As a beer. Yeah. Um, like I said, it may not be quite as as sort of even between what both brewers have brought to it. And I may be doing one or the other disservice because I'm sure that when they're actually putting the, the recipe together and stuff, if you know, if it's not what they think they want, then it wouldn't do it. But for me, you're definitely getting more of the Chalton influence. Yeah, I'm not sure I can drink a lot of them. Um, but if it was around in the summer, it might be one that I'd have a couple in the fridge, just in case. Afternoon beers in the sunshine, I think it would work quite well. Yeah, uh, Six and a half yeah. percent again. But again, I mean, just I know it's diverging a little bit, but there, there is definitely seems to be a, a trend amongst a lot of the brewers, collabs or otherwise, that they are making very drinkable, higher percentage beers than we used to have. Yeah, you know, absolutely. That's two six and a half percent beers. Yeah, and both of them to me didn't feel six and a half percent. Whereas, if I went out and had anything over Stella in the old days. Even then, Stella would be like, "Oh, you're on the Stella tonight, or the Cronenberg," and we're talking five or low f- or, or mid fives, and we're talking six and a half here. Yeah, I I, I agree. Uh, I think, and again, we found that at the um, Chelmsford Winter Beer Fest with one of the track beers, birthdays are the worst days, yeah. which was like a nine percent IPA. But even there, was it the Manzuma? Yeah, that was still over five. And both of those, neither of them drunk their ABV. No. And and that that's a lot of that is really showing the skill of, of where modern brewing is. In, oh yeah, I think, that, I think there's right definitely now. a skill to make it a higher percentage and still make it drinkable. Yeah. But it's just it seems to be definitely a, a a thing, for want of a better phrase. But you know, provided you know, and you don't suddenly do the whole night in it and then yeah. fall flat in your face. But but I think someone did someone else say on Twitter we we get more hung up on the percentages over here. I think we do, um, but I think again that's a historical thing, like you were saying with the the, the Stella and the Cronenberg, and it's oh, we're going to go out and we're yeah. going to get smashed on these. I, I think I think that's where that's come from uh, over here. But like you say, I think I think there's definitely a, a a trend towards higher ABV beers that are just incredibly drinkable. Yeah. Now that's uh, both of these have been. Yeah, yeah. Which is a really nice segue in, into this week's opinions. Opinions. Of- Opinions, opinions, opinions. Where we were asking, um, should beers in a brewery's core range change to stay on trend or, or, or not? So, uh, 263 votes this week. Thanks to everybody that got involved in that. Uh, the three answers that you had to choose from this week were absolutely not, uh, which was 40%. Change is good, which was 48%. And what's the core range at twelve percent? So that's uh, and it was quite interesting watching this one because uh, as the voting started, change is good went out into a massive it lead. Leapt ahead, didn't it? Yeah, but then over the last few hours of it, it began to balance out a little bit more, and people saying, "Well, no, core beers are core beers. Yeah. They should they should stay as they are." Um, so some of the points that that were made. Uh, this week, before we get into to, to our discussion on this one, is um, and, and again kind of putting these under some headings. So one of the themes that came through was uh, don't change the beers for the sake of a trend. Yep. Um, so Chris Griffiths at Griffith Twenty Three said, shouldn't change for a trend, should change to improve the beer. Three hundred pound cyclist said, change to stay on trend. No, evolve and develop. Absolutely. And then Craft Beer Geek UK uh, said not to stay on trend, but need to be constantly evaluated, not to fall behind. Take Brewdog's decision, for instance, to retire, retire hardcore. Now, now that one is, is a really interesting point for me, because personally, I think Brewdog have made a bad decision in retiring hardcore. I understand what they're saying, that they feel it's a dated beer and it, it doesn't sit in the 2017 era of beer, but there's nothing wrong with having, this is what a double IPA tasted like when we first brewed it. Yeah, because I thought it was excellent double IPA. Yeah. Even when it was, I bought it under the Tesco Finest and I know it's And I know it's now been replaced, for all intents and purposes, by Bornstein. Yeah. Which is now their double IPA series. But there was um, a massive difference between, I think, what hardcore tasted like and what Born to Die. Oh, absolutely! Like. They're, they're poles apart in in terms of a, an IPA. But how how would how would we have felt 
if they'd simply called Born to Die Hardcore and it had changed completely from this, from what is essentially a really malt forward, but really balanced out with really strong traditional kind of piney resinous hops yeah. in, in the hardcore to this absolute bitter bomb that is Born I'm to glad, Die. I'm glad it's two different names. Um Oh, I, I, it is a very good uh, point for craft beer at UK states, um, but at least I suppose what they didn't do, yeah, they didn't just carry on t- constantly tweaking the hardcore IPA. Yeah, no, it was a fairly con- it was a fairly constant beer, yeah. beer wasn't yeah. it? Um, and uh, you know, I mean, it's quite a good heading. Don't change for the sake of a trend, um, you know. And, and we definitely got a lot of people saying should ch- you know change to improve, evolve, and develop. That's like an evolution rather than a revolution in the beer. Um, I mean, I, I think that you shouldn't. If you want to be a trendsetter, go for it. But if you've got a much loved beer, don't use that one to do it, Prowse. I'm going to agree, and I'm, I'm going to throw this one out straight away uh, early on here. Um, part of my reasoning with, with with this week's poll was that personally, and this is a personal decision, and I'm more than happy to take comments from listeners on this one. Personally, I think a beer that I love in Cannonball has changed beyond all recognition of, of what it was as, as as a beer. And and I think it's and, and I think it's changed predominantly in my mind to be on trend with the new murky New England style of IPA that, that we now have, rather than its origins, which I believe were as a more West Coast hop-forward IPA. The, the last can of Cannonball that I had was, was, was murky, there was hardly any life to it, and that's far from the beer that I fell in love with. Now, I don't know, without speaking to the brewery, whether the ingredients have changed and whether the recipe's changed to it, but you have to ask the question that when a beer goes beyond recognition of it, of what it once was, surely it becomes a different beer. Yeah, which does bring us on to one of the other opinions, wasn't it, about uh, neck oil. Some, uh, Dom, yes, Dom yeah. Wall, Beaver Town neck oil used to be a bitter. Which I, th- I think is correct, and I think one of our previous guests, Justin, said that before. Um, it was basically, it was a straight down the line, what would be almost classed as an ordinary bitter. Um, and yes, that did change quite a lot. And neck oil as it is now, I never tried neck oil as it was. Neck oil now, I wouldn't want that to change at all. Because I think it's a brilliant, mm-hmm. sessionable keg or canned beer. Delightful beer. Going back to your cannibal point, I, I I would tend to agree with you. I mean, obviously, I haven't had the same ongoing long love affair with it as you have. Um, but yeah, when I when I tried it, I would have said it was a West Coast IPA. It was a lovely looking drink and a great tasting. Seven point four. Seven point four. I had a can at the weekend, and yeah, it's it's got that sort of hazy, murky feel to it, both mouthfeel and the way it looks which seems to be closer to some of the recent Cannonball Tallboy releases. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, w- I, w- I would say that that one, something has changed in it, either a combination of things or one thing, maybe the process has changed, maybe different equipment, I don't know. But for me, it definitely, it definitely feels like a different beer. It's not as clean as it used to be, perhaps. It's got more of an earthy quality mm-hmm. to it. Um, but yeah, I, I could definitely understand. But if this is this was your beer, you yeah, that when I first met you, I think your your the three main beers you would, you know, raise a klaxon for the holy trinity. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly confident. So we've got Halcyon, yep, we've got Axe Edge, yep, we've got Cannonball, yeah. Which people may see see a theme there, but they were those were the beers that you liked, and those were the beers you would return to you wouldn't bother to check anything out about them because you go, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And that's, again, that's the interesting point is, is you take those three beers and, and two of them, if you buy them today, they are exactly the same as when I was drinking them two, three years ago. Yeah. 
in 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 look, in the the way that they feel, and in the way that they taste as as well. Cannonball is 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 the one that that sits outside of that. Yes, for, for me now, and and it might be you, you know at the end of the day. That's that's down to Magic Rock. It's their decision. It's their beer, and it might just be that that's the next evolution of that beer for them, which is which is absolutely fine. And you know, if I want what I used to get from Cannonball, maybe I have to go back to Highwire and and just start drinking Highwire because I know I'm going to get a West Coast Pale Ale. Yeah, well, like I said, the Highwire, Highwire grapefruit was a lot closer yeah. to the West Coast Pale Ale, but with just that fruit running through without it being overpowering. Mm. Um, and the inhaler I had at the weekend, same sort, you know, that was a that was slightly hazy because of the wheat quality to it. But those beers still feel, feel the same. Yeah. And it's interesting because saying about the evolution of beer there and, and, and there was a discussion that happened um, as part of this. So it's, it's a rich Keller. Um, said that the same beer changes a lot over time. Historical recipes for a beer at different dates can be very different. To, to which our, our friend Steve from Beer Nouveau jumped in, who we know yeah. is a beer historian or a brewing historian. Most definitely. Jumped in to say that often the changes are small enough not to be really noticed, but after a couple of generations, they're totally unrecognisable from the beer that they once were. Which, and, that- and maybe that's simply what it is. With, with my with this love affair that I have for Cannonball is that it's changed to, to keep up with the ingredients that are now available and it is a different beer from true what, but what the, that, again Cannonball feels more revolutionary than evolutionary so Axe Edge and Halcyon you said taste the same they may have been slightly tweaked because both Buxton and Thornbridge are perfectionists in what they do so there may have been small tweaks here and there, whether that be again process, ingredients, the balance of the of the of the ingredients. But with Cannonball as the example at the moment, it's a bit like when someone hasn't seen your child for for six months or a year, and they go, "Oh my, haven't they grown?" Whereas we don't notice our children growing. That's that, that's true. Yeah, and again, because that happens, to a nice point. Yeah, that happened. That happens in the very incremental stages yeah. for us. Yeah, so, so, so Miles Lambert said breweries, breweries' beers are their children. Uh, they can steer them in whichever, whichever direction they see fit. They might find it that trying to make a beer fit a trend ruins its image, confuses its customers, and a brewery should brew what they want to brew. If that keeps them on trend, then you can't blame them. So, you, you know, breweries have, have got the right to do whatever they want. Oh, I, I agree beers, with that. Um, and this isn't, this isn't a, a pop of Magic Rock, by the way, because... We both love Magic Rock, um, and Steve way more than me, I reckon. Well, at, at that point, I'm, I just want to jump in and say that it's been a challenge, and we've spoke about this yeah. off air, as to how much of a challenge I've found this to to actually record and and outwardly say, I'm not enjoying Cannonball. Oh, at, definitely, at, yeah, at we spoke about it quite extensively. Because I've been such an advocate for that beer for so long. But what I was going to say is that Cannonball bring out such... Very good, whether it be collaboration beers like we had at the start of the show, or new beers, yeah. they bring out so many other beers outside of what I would class as their core range. That those, you know, the murky, the East Coast, the New England, they're all they're bringing these out in their tall boys. Um, you never quite know how unhuman Cannibal is going to pitch up as well when that comes out. So they have plenty of opportunity to do it, and it feels like. For whatever reason, Cannonball and the core range is the one which is, seems to have changed the most in the core range. I mean, if you're first coming in, I mean, you probably I still enjoy it. I still enjoy Cannonball, but whether it's as for me, like you, whether it's as sessionable or smashable, whichever phrase you want to use, as perhaps it once was, I'd probably go with smashable. You'd go with smashable in, in yeah. terms of Cannonball and my, my history with it. Yeah, so um, I, I, you know, I remember the time where we went up to the the tap room and we we we, we all you know bought some cans and stuff, and you were swapping out your salty kiss with Mark because he was willing to give you a Cannonball. Absolutely, yeah. You ended up with basically six pack of Cannonball. Yeah, yeah. I did, yeah, and I you did, were I did you, well there, and you were you were really yeah. happy chappy at that point. Yeah, it's it's tough, and, and maybe I don't know. Maybe I do need to try it on on on, on keg again or on tap just to see whether it's something that's that, that's not just working in the canning process for me. 
Um, I'm not. I'm not going to write it off. I, I just um, and you, you know, like I said at the top of the show, when we was talking about beers that we've really enjoyed. Um, people know that I'm not a fan of the the current wave of murky, juicy mm-hmm. beers. That's not what I'm into. I like a a crisp, refreshing IPA to to really do things for me rather than just giving me a glass of juice. It's yeah. not. It's not what I'm into. Um, you, you know, but I, I just. It, it's difficult to see a beer that you love so much change so much uh, over time as as well. And in my opinion, and it is only my opinion, not for the better. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a fair point. And it is simply um, about opinion and stuff. And other people who don't have the same feel for it, don't buy it so regularly, don't seek it out, may not have the same same opinion or, you know, don't fall down one side or the other on that one. Yeah. Well, let's 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 not bang on about yeah. about Magic Rocks Cannonball because that's that. Although that's what kind of drove this poll a little bit. That's that's not what it's all about because there's a few other points I do want to pick up as, as part yeah. of this. So, the second heading that we had was core means core, um, and and there was a theme uh, around here. A lot of people were saying, well, well, no, if it's a core range, it's a core range. You don't you don't mess with it. So, uh, Nate Dog twenty seven uh, changing the core range would defeat the point of having a core range. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Kite at the Great Cubio. No, core is core. They should stay the same. But brewery, feel free to do whatever it wants with the other stuff. And and then Mark Johnson um, saying, just in case my absolutely not vote didn't make it clear, absolutely not. So I did like that one. I, I, I did as, <laughs> as, as well because um, I don't. I I would like to know, and I don't know if there's any way of getting this from the analytics on Twitter. I'd like to know who voted, how people voted. Uh, you can't see when somebody votes. The only person that knows that they've voted is them and, and what they yeah. vote for. You can't see what they vote. Yeah, well, for. That's, that's, that, that, I mean, we. I think with these, with those comments, we can fairly much say that Nate Dog, Great QBA, Mark Johnson, definitely win the absolutely not. Vote. I, I, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but, so is is a core range just that? Should it always just be a core range, or, or should it change and adapt with time? Again, I think that comes back to. Um, you know, Steve at Beardrivo's point about, you know, the changes are small enough not to be really noticed. Um, but for me, I mean, I, I, I was in the absolutely not because that was the one which felt the best for me. I like a core range. And this probably also feeds back into, you know, cast beer and the regional brewers and stuff who probably do do the core range more consistently than perhaps a lot of craft. The core range does stay fairly core and fairly true to its colours. They might tweak with the marketing, the pump clips, the labels, and maybe going from 500s to 330s on the bottles and then bringing out cans as well. But generally, their core range stays fairly core. If I go into an Adams pub and I go for a pint of ghost Mm -hmm. ship, I can be fairly confident that's going to be the ghost ship that I probably had a year ago as well. Unless the pub is very poor with it's how it's done but Adams have probably made the beer fairly much the same way um, so I think I think that pubs pubs traditional pubs probably thrive on their core range and the core range being exactly that if someone is whatever the core range it might be just that they like Doombar they wouldn't want Doombar to taste different so, so the core range for, for this in, instance let's so, so let's take Adams as, the, as, as an example. You walk into an Adams bar, the core range you're, you're more than likely going to see is going to be Southwold Bitter, Ghost Ship and Broadside. Yeah. Isn't it? It's going to be those... Almost uh, guaranteed. Th- those three. And then you're probably then going to get your seasonal beer yep. as, as well, which we, we spoke about, you know, Fuller's doing their seasonal yep. range. Adams do the Adams same. Do the All the other big regionals do, yep. do, do the same. And, and then if you're lucky, you might see a couple of their... They're keg beers. They're crafty. On, on, you might see well. Mosaic or something like that. So in, in terms of that, you've got your core range and then you've got this seasonal range as, as well. Is, isn't that where we're seeing the core range line beginning to blur a little bit? So the example that I'll use here is obviously Cloudwater have no core range. Cloud Cloudwater are purely they have a core style though. Seasonal. Don't they? they have core styles. You know your India the 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 IPL re- yeah. range. I think they have a core a core style, but they will use what they think is appropriate for that for that season they're brewing or in. Available. What's available? Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can still have a rough idea what you're going what sort of beers you can expect to see from Cloudwater. I mean, you know. 
the, the, the dipper version is now once a month. Now, although that recipe does change every time, you've got a fair idea what you're expecting. You, you have, um, but is that, is, is that the way that we're maybe moving now in terms of, because I think, I think Cloudwater are probably still the only brewery that come to mind that don't really have a core range. Uh, and they do have yeah. this seasonal changing range of, of, of beers. I mean, for my knowledge, yeah. But I still think, I still like breweries and again probably more so again with cast my cut my you know a cast beer head on i like the cast beer producers to have a core range of beer because if i do pop in for a swift half let's pretend i'm having a half one day so uh <laughs> and you're not at a festival i'm not at a festival i know okay. um, but so, so i do pop in for a, a quick beer you know the, the brick loads at the bottom of the road i've got 15 minutes for a bus i just want a beer i know I can go for it, know and trust it. I'm not there trying to write copious notes about it because it's a beer I know and love and trust. Isn't that part of the dependability of core cask beers, though, that, that you, you know you're going to get the same beer over and over and over yeah. again, especially if it's in a pub that look, know how to look after yes. their beer? Yeah, I think with your crafty head on, because often we're often looking for the next one in their range or the new experimental version, maybe we care less about the craft beer world having a core range. But there are times when I see something from, you know, say Colonel, and it'll be their London, one of the London porters or something. I think I'm having that. Of course, because Colonel have no core range as, as well. I'm, there's me citing Cloud yeah, as being yeah. the only <laughs> brewery in the yeah. UK that don't have a core range. Colonel famously don't have a core range, although every year you will see their export stout, their export porters. Yeah. They will come up and yes, you will go for them because you know roughly within certain parameters what you're going to get. What you're going to get. Yes. With, with, with that beer. Exactly. So I think for me, I think core is good. It's not the be all and end all. But I don't, I wouldn't want to go into my local Adams and find that ghost ship was suddenly a 5.9% beer rather than its 4.5% current version. Or that it poured murky from a can. Or that it poured murky from a can. Yeah, no, I wouldn't want that because that's not what I get. I buy it That's for. not what you expect, is it, no. from that beer? You buy it for a reason. The reason you know, why yeah, I, I, yeah. I love it as a train beer on our trains is because I know exactly what I'm getting. Yeah. No thinking about it. Okay, great stuff. I think we've, uh, I think we've done that then. Uh, I, think, I think we're both in agreement that a core range should remain just that. And yeah. if you want to bring out new beers, if you want to take a recipe and play with it and turn it into something else, then call it something else. Don't no, uh, may, yeah. maybe maybe Beaver Town's Neck Oil is a is is the is the standout exception to that rule. Well, definitely, definitely, as far as I know, yeah, it is. I mean, it's probably the only other one close to again. We're probably name checking uh, Adams again. Where broadside in the bottle is a vastly different beer to broadside in cask. Oh, which we are still on this campaign that they should be called something different. Yeah, I think the, the cask should be renamed. Adam should do a competition. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe we should suggest that to them. Um, sour and death. Final thoughts on on that. Why I pour this evening's final beer. I'm a fan. Um, I think it's really nice. I'd agree with you. You could probably do a couple. Nicely chilled, maybe slightly uh, warmer weather. But I mean, today's been quite mild anyway. But yeah, I'm a fan of it. Like I said, for me, it was more, more Chalton than, than Vocation. I, I, I think it was definitely more Chalton than voc- Vocation. But it was, I, I thought it was a really good, solid, and I think a lot of people would enjoy it as a sound because it was, didn't have that lip puckering feel about it. It just had some tartness, some sharpness, a bit of fruit, dryness and bitterness. It was a good, it was a good mix. A very good mix and a complete contrast to what's going to be our final bit. Yes, this, this evening, uh, which is again a, another collaboration, and this is collaboration between Hopping Frog and Lervig. And I know this is a beer that appeared in many, many people's golden pints last year as as their beer of the year. This is Sipping Into Darkness. This is a chocolate martini imperial stout at twelve percent. Yes, so uh, it's probably fair to say we're not going to finish this during the. Uh, the final couple of segments of the show. It might be fair to say you don't. Um, but let's. But you're uh, doing more of the reading than me. Yeah, hmm? let's let's give it a go. It's just like drinking liquid chocolate, isn't it? It is. I mean, we had this at the bottle share, didn't we? Yeah. Um, 
very kindly bought for us by a guy who's opened up a new a new bottle shop nearby. Um, popped in for you know forty five minutes, said yep. hello to us all. Uh, really nice chap, and um, left us a few bottles of these to share around. And um, it was quite a small. It's quite nice to have a um, beer to split. You know, a whole bottle. Cause it was quite a. Uh, you know, between what well, there's about fourteen of us there that night, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a big night. So it was quite a. It was a taster rather than a sip for anyone who's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyone who wants to, yeah, take us the task <laughs> over that one. It's definitely, definitely a taster. Definitely a taster. And, and with the new untapped, we can check it in as you a can taster. Check it in as a taster as well. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, this has got. Um, almost feels like it's got a. It's like a biscuity quality to it as well. So you get that chocolate, and then you do get like I get a follow up of like biscuity bready type flavour as well. I'm definitely getting so much chocolate digestion. I'm, I'm getting melted chocolate, which which is you, you know when you like obviously melt chocolate for cooking, it, it, it takes on a slightly different quality, has a different aroma yeah. to it as well. I'm getting a lot of that from it, and and I think I, I would agree that chocolate, actually you do get that digestive chocolate digestive yeah. has just been dunked in your tea or coffee. Thankfully, in your tea or coffee, and not in your beer. No, no, no. Um, so I've got to give up my uh, great big box of nothing, which I was so pleased you have. to to win yeah. the last time we recorded. Um, who's taking on the the honour this week? Of okay, the, uh, well, um, prize this prize, mate. Did a decent bit of a search yesterday on the old uh, Instagram, looking for the hashtag prize this prize. Which you know, you must remember if you want to be in it, that's what you need. Cheers, um, guys. Hashtag. Hashtag cheers, guys. Not, not prizes, no, I'm, prize. talk, I'm talking shit. Um, <laughs> it's the 12%. It's the 12% beer. I've only had a taste. Um, they're, they're, I'm going to name check all three because they all did appeal to me. Um, so we had a bit of a, a moody one from Sparky. Stouty McStoutface <laughs> bottle. Mad Dog Brewing Co. Oh, is that the one with his, that's the one with his face? Yeah, just like in the agent half of pictures, a face. Then the bottle in the middle, then the BN, all, all with a black background. I, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. I, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Then there was one from uh, Mark Gassman, who we've uh, met a few times. For I think he's Bristol ways, and he's out in the he southwest. Is, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was a um, it was a bit of a contrast to uh, your picture that one of all the cask. This was um, all the keg. Oh, okay. Um, keg, yeah, keg bar, yeah. um, all the taps, and. Uh, but one which, which I caught my a little while ago, again, some uh, silver keg taps on a white tile background uh, with the beer in front of it from Cowboy Drinks Craft at the Box Social. Um, and he is the winner of your big box of nothing that you're going to have to give away now. That's a long way. That's got to go then, hasn't it? Because I'm sure he's up in Newcastle. Yes, it has got to go a long way. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, share that with you all. Um, so, uh, yep, congratulations to Cowboy Drinks Craft. Very well done. Yep. I will uh, happily give up my... Uh, that's a lovely picture. I, I will happily give up my, my, my box for that. And uh, you can check that picture out. It's uh, linked through in the show notes. Um, and as... As, as Martin wrongly stated at the beginning of the yep. last section, yep. uh, if you do want to enter your own picture, stick a picture on Instagram, use the hashtag cheers guys. That's the one that we're looking for. Yeah, that is the and, one I searched uh, on. So the rest of it was rubbish. If, if yours is appropriately moody, shiny or, or whatever, it, it will gain the, uh, the, the great honour. The great honour. Of, uh, of becoming a prizeless prize winner. It's, an, it's now a great honour because I've won it. Yeah. So, so now it becomes a thing which, of greatness. Which means we don't have Steve Moody about it for at least a, a few months. Abs- absolutely. Um, I, I, did, I have just realised that one of the things I've left off of uh, our, our show notes for tonight is um, our blog roundup. Is there anything that's, that, that's caught your eye recently? I mean, I, there's, there's been quite a lot of really good blogs recently. Yeah, there has there? been a lot. Um, there was one, it was one actually I was reading tonight from um, Pub Curmudgeon. Um, about uh, what you're just basically your it sort of linked in a bit of what we're talking about core range what's your favorite beer um, of all time and he's sort of gone through a bit of an evolution of beers through his years like two or three beers he name checked it made me think about what ones I'd had and I was thinking if I exclude the vast quantities of macro lager I've had in my life um, then it would probably be Tetley's cast is one of the first ones I remember really liking on cast you spoke about quite frequently yeah. isn't it and it's a bit it's one of those lost beers for me now because I don't know if you can ever get it on cask again um, and then probably you know a long period where seek out Timothy Taylor the old landlord and then now I'm thinking probably Adam's ghost ship these days 
uh, and and the recent addition Bengal Lancer from Fuller's, but uh, yeah, that which which is a seasonal. We we were talking about yeah. this moment. Bengal Lancer is supposed to be a seasonal. It's, it's been a long season for it. Though. It's we saw it at the beginning of December. Yeah. And it's still around at the moment. Yeah, not complaining it? though. So I'm good for. I'm not, I'm not going to complain if you can um, find a good pint of Bengal. So Lancer. yeah, not too many others have. Re- I mean, I've enjoyed reading some of the recent blogs, I suppose, but nothing's really leapt out. Um, Matt Chinnery did a good one, a good write-up at the Stokey Beer Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, which did sound actually really quite good fun, I have to admit. Um, so that, I think that one would uh, be worth a little read because that gained quite a lot of attention on social media, that one. There seems to be a lot of people attending that one, but it sounded like the numbers were well well managed. So, yeah, but sounds like it could very quickly become a festival that outgrows its home. Yes. And they might have to look at how they How they manage that. that. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the comments I did read from someone was they might try to... Um, upscale it by having it go on for longer than just the one day so the numbers are spread out I suppose you can start doing session tickets and, yeah. and, and what have whereas you. this was just a, yeah. you're in for a day yeah. that kind yeah. of thing um, so yeah that one would be worth a write up nothing no, nothing else at the moment ok well both of those will be linked through in, in the show notes um, so uh, on to our letters section um, for which we actually have a name for now <laughs> as, as well um, which is down to one of your un- untapped <laughs> check-ins and and i'm still i absolutely desperately want a listener to record us an intro for this little segment because this is now called uh, i'm gonna let you introduce what's, what's this section now called uh, the new name for the uh, letter section is bittering lingonus um which came from uh michelle very kindly bought me a beer from a birthday or a number of beers for my birthday but i was looking at one of them on untapped thinking have i had this one before or not and it's a st- one of the stone beers. Well, maybe I had this in a stone Berlin, but turns out I didn't. But I had had it, um, half of it, of a lunchtime back in December 15, where I'd written quite a, cop- quite a lot of notes, but finished off with bittering lingerness. Now, I'm assuming I meant lingering bitterness. But then this was a lunchtime check-in. It was a oh, lunchtime check-in as well. With, uh, I'd gone there with Clayton. <laughs> and uh, yeah, bittering lingerers, and it, no spell check came up on that one. <laughs> okay, so that's that's our new letters section yep. name, bittering lingerness. Um, so to get involved in this section, this is a listener-only section of the show. Um, if you want to submit any sort of question to us, any sort of comment, just use the hashtag opinions, uh, and you might get featured on the the, the next. Um, the next bitter in lingerness. Yeah, I'm going to do well to get my tongue around that <laughs> every time after so many beers. So we've got a couple of cu- couple of comments this week. So uh, in between our recorded shows, we had a week where we we did a poll for a bit of fun, which was a, a what's the most ridiculous thing in beer right now? Oh yeah. Um, to which we had a response with the hashtag opinions from Dekus, who since who simply replied bloggers, which, <laughs> which I thought was was brilliant. That was also that was also his answer to saying else. Today as well. it, it, it was <laughs> it, it, it seems to be a standard answer um, and then the, the other one that we've got this week is from Miles Lambert again um, in regard to our coffee and beer show last week which we've had some really great comments on yeah. so thanks to everybody that's taken the time to listen and comment on that one uh, Miles simply said fascinating show lad so much detail appeals to a geek um, yeah and I yeah, mean all the detail came from Roland it, it did we're not going to take any credit for no, that no that, that, that was all that Roland was all, that was all down to <laughs> Roland so um, th- those th- those are all the, the letters that we've got this week. The, the other thing that I just would like to say under this section as well, and again, this is just for the listeners really, is that we recently asked people uh, to come forward to be part of a listener panel, um, which is nothing more than a, a DM group that we've now got on Twitter where uh, we're just asking people for honest feedback on content of the show, the segments, what do they like, what don't they like. And we've had a good number of people put their name forward, so I'd, I'd just like to say thanks to everybody. Uh, too many to name-check you all. Uh, yeah. We will name-check you in the future. But everyone did get involved. Everyone got involved in the first couple of questions that we've asked, and we will keep that going. Um, but if you didn't make the panel, always feel free to, to just feedback stuff to us. Just use the, the, the hashtag opinions, and, and it'll get to us. And yeah. it, it's great to hear when, when you guys think we do good stuff, when you, you guys think we do bad stuff, because that all goes into the mix, and it just makes what we do even better. Better. Yeah. So, I thought you was going to come in with something no. then. <laughs> you just kind of sat back and you're just enjoying your sipping yeah. into darkness. <laughs> um, okay then, so, uh, that just about wraps it up. It does. I, I think next week we have got... Uh, 
we've kind of saved the best till last, maybe, in terms of the crossover collab shows that we've been doing. Um, next week, we are doing another two-parter, uh, which is going to be with our great friends Wayne and Janice from the Irish Beer yep. Snob. Uh, we're heading over to, to Dublin to the Alltech Festival, uh, and we're going to record a two-part show, which a lot of you would have seen the polls already on this. What's the best and worst things about beer festivals? Uh, that's what we're going to be chatting about next week. I can see that Martin is already chomping at the bit to moan about water. Yep. <laughs> I can't wait to get into having a go about music. <laughs> um, it's going to be a, a hive of positivity, that episode. Yeah, I is. think it's going to be a lot of good fun. It is going to be a lot of good fun. I, I can't wait to record that. So that's what we're going to going to be doing next. We've no idea what we, we'll be drinking as part of that show. No. Nope. Uh, because we're, like I said, we're going to be recording at Alltech. Uh, but we will be back to the studio show soon where we'll be able to share with you what beers we're drinking next. So um, I guess until next time, it's a, it's a case of cheers, folks. That's it. <laughs>